Welcome in, welcome in. Sit back and relax. This is the return of the Throw Show. I'm your host, Kerry No Intro Bailey. And first off, let me just say I hope everybody had a happy holiday and a happy new year. Cheers to 2022. And I'm hoping that everybody does what they want to do this year, reaches goals, and all that good stuff. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking a listen. Today, we got to talk about NFL Week 17, the historic Week 18 coming next week. And unfortunately, we got to talk about my Jacksonville Jaguars and the circus. I use that term for a reason. The circus going on down there. So that's where we're going to start. Stay tuned. has come and gone week 17 and of course another loss for my Jacksonville Jaguars. this time a 50 burger by the Patriots on us we take the loss 50 to 10 the only thing I can take from this game that was positive which is nothing but the only positive I'm gonna take from this game is that Trevor Lawrence in garbage time threw finally threw a touchdown pass I'm gonna take that with me and I'm gonna just <laughs> and a bunch of negatives. I'm going to take that one positive and be happy about it because everything else in that game was a flat-out negative. I don't know how we got to this point where this team is worse than last year. I really don't. Nobody predicted this craziness with Urban Meyer. Nobody did. Granted, for me, I personally didn't want Urban Meyer. I just wanted somebody that's going to stick around, that's going to be here. We got to rebuild the culture here. And maybe he could have did it. Maybe he could not give him benefit of doubt. And I said, I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't think he's the guy. But I don't think anybody predicted all this craziness, this foolishness that went on with him in the, in, you know, up until week 13. But looking at it, man, it, and hard to say a 1-15 team is better than this 2-win team but just watching the product on the field just watching how unprepared we look how incompetent we look and that started week one actually I can say it went back far as preseason when Urban Meyer splitting the rest between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew but week one without Deshaun Watson Houston absolutely stomped us and I was like is this what I'm in for and I thought oh this anomaly is good no it that pretty much set the tone for the entire season so with that loss we lock up the first or second overall pick in the draft if we lose to the Colts in week 18 the historic week 18 we lock up number one if we win and the Lions lose they'll be number one we'll be number two it's not a great draft to be number one because there's no quarterback that people are going to come up for granted I hope I'm wrong a player period just because I really think the Jacks need to trade down but we'll get into that as the draft gets closer. I was about to say we have a long time to draft, but about three months. It's not that long, honestly. Let's get into the coaching search. And then <laughs> got to talk about Trent Baalke. But Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier have been names that we have requested to interview. For the first time, I really don't have a favorite. I really don't. Normally, I have a favorite. Last year, Bianami and Brian Debo were my top two. I didn't 
one one over the other. But this time, I really don't have a favorite. I have an issue with all of them, and it's not anything they did. It's just me personally. Jim Caldwell is probably the safest hire because, you know, he brings stability, but at the same time, you know, he's 67 years old, and I'm not knocking his age, of course, but I just feel like we need somebody that's going to be here long-term. We got to change this culture around, man. We have to. That's the biggest thing. Our culture is not good at all. So, Jim Caldwell had a good tenure in Detroit. I don't think he deserved to be fired. They fired him and hiring Matt Patricia, and then we know how that worked out. Doug Peterson, a lot was going on with Philly where he was clashing with the front office at the end. But, I mean, he did win a Super Bowl. And, come on, if you tell Jaguar fans, hey, you're going to sign Doug Peterson, he's going to get you a Super Bowl in three years, all of us will sign up for it. We just want to win. <laughs> and that's another thing I'll get into later, what fans actually want. Byron Leftwich, the sentimental favorite for me for those reasons. But I have issues with him as well. Is he ready? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Bruce Aarons? We don't know. I'm not. I'm not knocking. I'm not uh, saying I know. I'm just saying. I'm quite. There's questions with everybody. I don't think any coach hires a slam dunk ever. Kellen Moore is probably in the same exact question as Brian Leftwich. Is he ready? Todd Bowles, Leslie Frazier, guys that have coached before and didn't do so well, um, and our current coordinators. Now, again, I don't have a favorite, but if you made me choose a favorite. I'm probably going Byron Leftwich for sentimental reasons. He's played here. He was a draft pick here. He was a quarterback. And I personally think that we need somebody that's going to be here long term. We all know ownership is patient. But at the same time, can't be too patient. But credit to Shotgun for not being patient with Urban Meyer because all that craziness. But I would go Byron Leftwich. Would I be mad at Jim Caldwell? No. Would I be mad at Doug Peterson? No. Honestly, I just want to get it right. And I think that's what all Jaguar fans want, man. We just want to get it right. But the elephant in the room is Trent Baalke. Are coaches going to want to work under Baalke? And that's what reports are coming out with CBS Sports and stuff like that about some candidates aren't going to want to work under Trent Baalke which who could blame him? So the report came out from Ian Rappaport, I believe it was, that Trent Baalke as GM will be retained. <laughs> now, this sparked ridiculous response from Jaguar fans, including myself. Why? I said when we got him, when we hired him as uh, player personnel, uh, director of player personnel two years ago, I don't want him. Then when we hired Meyer and ended up keeping Trent Baalke on as GM, I didn't want him then either. When that happened, I, have a, I had a couple of co-workers at a job I used to work at that were three of them, 49er fans. First day they saw me after that happened, they said, nope, nah, he's not good. He's not good, man. He's not good. And I know a little bit about it, but I did a little research and no, and no. <laughs> it's just time to clean, complete house. And I kept saying that for Shotgun. You have to completely clean house. It's time. It's time to just say to yourself, okay, I got to move on. I got to start over. Let's clean it out completely because Chaka has a habit of not doing that. And I feel like it's bit him more and more and more. 
to the point where Jaguar fans on Twitter right now, we all have, I'm not going to say all, most of us, a lot of us that have an issue with Trent Baalke staying on his GM. We have changed our avatars to a clown with Shah Khan's mustache. Now, that has not gone over well with some Jaguars media, Tony Maselli, Pete Prisco. They don't like it. Let me make something clear for Jaguar fans. This is not about calling Shah Khan a clown. This is about his decision making over the last, <laughs> since he took over the team. His decision making has not been good. So, yes. Decision-making has been clownish. This is not about Shaq Khan being a clown. But you have to understand where we at. You have to understand where the clown out came from. Trent Baalke is the guy who oversaw a draft, a first round of pick nine and pick 20 of CJ Henderson. Newsflash is no longer on the team. And Caleb on chase on at 20, who's done next to nothing. I'm on record as saying, you know, in that draft, I said Justin Jefferson. We should have took Justin Jefferson. I said that before the draft. When we when we got to 20, honestly, that was the draft I thought C. Land would fall because he was falling and falling and falling. Dallas took him. And then I thought somebody else, I thought somebody else would take um, Justin Jefferson before us at 20. When he landed, when we landed on 20 and Justin Jefferson, Jefferson was still on the board, I said, take Justin Jefferson. And look now. But Trent Baalke has not been a good GM. If you look at the last two years, so let's let's not, you know what? Let's look at just this year, what he did in the offseason. And this is why most Jaguar fans came into this season so optimistic. We had the most money in the league. We had our two first round picks, two second round picks, two fourth round picks. We were golden as far as opportunity, what we had in the offseason. And what did we do? We signed a bunch of value guys. I like, obviously, all Jaguar fans wanted Trevor Lawrence. The ETM pick remains to be seen. I'm not going to say it's a bad pick because I haven't seen him yet. I don't mind the one-two punch, even though J-Rob and him are both injured. So it remains to be seen how they come back. Texan Campbell, who, rightfully so, Jaguar fans were killing at the beginning of the season, has gotten a lot better, and that's good. But if you look at what is going on with our draft picks, Walker Little, Andre Sisco, Jordan Smith, Jay Tafule, Luke Farrell, a lot of these dudes have not played. You would think we were just a Super Bowl winning team where our draft picks aren't playing. No, we were 1-15. Walker Little has barely been playing. Jaguar fans have been clamoring for Andre Sisco to play over Andrew Winger. And he just started playing now. And guess what? Showing that he should have been playing all along. All these draft picks have barely been playing. And it's... It's not good when you don't have all your draft picks at least trying to contribute. Jordan Smith played for the first time <laughs> against the Patriots. A fourth-round pick. I'm not saying he should be starting. I get it. But you sh- he should be getting playing time, and he hasn't. We have all that money. Probably Jaguar fans' favorite signing is Shaq Griffin and Jamal Agnew. The rest have been eh. We didn't sign the tight end. We didn't sign a receiver. We didn't sign an offensive lineman. Jawan Taylor has been bad. And it's just, that's what it comes down to. You keeping that guy. That guy. Nah, 
you can't you something has to change when we have one winning season under Khan. One. And that was anomaly. I don't think any Jaguar fan thought we would go to the AFC Championship game that year, including myself. We hope for the best and hope that we are gonna do some progress. Man, look, we just want progress. And let me get into that. That's my that's my last thing. What do Jaguar fans want? Since apparently we're being disrespectful towards Shad Khan. Understand something. The running joke is we don't have fans. <laughs> as corny as it is. We care as much as any fan base in the NFL. We do. You think we'll be still supporting this team after one winning season? Under Shaq Khan since 2017, since up oh, is not 2017. Besides 2017, we have not won more than six games outside of two, outside of 2017. You want to see how much we care about this team? Look at the season after 2017. Look at that. Go look at when we played the Patriots. Go look. Go look at the year before we played the Seahawks in 2017. Because when we were doing well. But look at the season after 2018 when we thought we was, you know, we thought we was a playoff team. And we played the Patriots. So I'm not trying to hear we don't care. Oh, we all no. We want progress. And we're not seeing it. We aren't seeing it. And that's what it really comes down to. People want to talk about Mac Jones. Mac Jones team has Bill Belichick. Mac Jones team went out in free agency and did some work. Look at how the Raiders stayed together after the John Gruden thing, man. Look at that. That's culture. That's part of it. Like, we have to revamp this culture, and that's what it really comes down to. You want to keep Trent Baalke? Blow it completely up and start over. Get some people in the building that can help you. Get some, Do something different. One winning season, that is unacceptable. In 10 years, that is unacceptable. Are we about to go another 10 years without making the playoffs? Because last time before 2017, it was 2007. At the end of the day, we want to see improvement. We want to see progress. We want to see an organization that's trying. That's trying. Bringing back Trent Baalke, having him sit on these interviews is pointless if you plan to get rid of him at the end of the season. You fire Meyer, he should have been next. That's what it comes down to. You're going to ruin Trevor Lawrence by doing, by keeping a GM that doesn't even put weapons in front of him. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's in his second year. Look at what Joe Burrow has over there. I'm jealous, low-key. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Weapons everywhere. And Jamar Chase is out here just shattering rookie records at receiving yards. And that's what Trevor Lawrence needs. Is there one to draft? I don't know. I don't know. But you got to do everything in your power to make sure he's good. And if Trent Balk is GM, that's not going to happen. He's going to sign value guys. Guys he can get on the, on the discount. That's what he's going to do. And you're fooling yourself if you think otherwise. That's what we want. All we want is for you to say, I messed up. Let me try again. But this keeping people 
that didn't help the situation prior, you gotta let go. Shaq Khan needs to fire Trent Baalke and go about his business and start over. That's what we want. That's what us as fans want. We want to see our team winning. We want to see our team be competent on the field. That's all. And we can't even get that, man. We can't even get that. So, hopefully, this nightmare of Trent Baalke being a GM ends <laughs> sooner than later. I'm hearing rumblings about after the season's over. But, man, if you don't do it beforehand, it's... And I wish I was in Jacksonville for it. It's a lot going to happen. He in for a storm at TIAA Bank Field uh, against the Colts. So, I can't wait to watch that on TV. I wish I was there. Man, shout out to Jaguars Twitter, man. We doing our thing. Uh, so, next, we're going to talk about the rest of the NFL Week 17. We're going to talk a little Jamar Chase, I was ju- I, who I was just talking about. Some playoff scenarios and all that. So, stay tuned. rest of week 17 Jamar Chase let's talk about him first Jamar Chase broke the receiving yard record for a rookie and not to mention in the game against Kansas City had 266 yards receiving and three touchdowns that man is on another level right now let's back up to I was gonna say preseason but let's go back even further the draft a lot of people said Panay Panesu, Panesu for Cincinnati because of what happened to Joe Burrow. Obviously, he got hurt last year. And Joe Burrow said no. He went to ownership and, you know, I guess the GM and all that. Jamar Chase, take Jamar Chase. Take Jamar Chase. And a lot of people called. It was a, it was pretty much a debate online about it. Should they take Jamar Chase? Should they take offensive lineman? It was probably more people thinking offensive lineman because Joe Burrow got hurt. What you can't do is not talk about the connection that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow had in LSU, at LSU. I personally said take Jamar Chase and you could get an offensive lineman in the second round. But I understand everybody's premise about, you know, he got hurt. I get it. But, man, are all those people wrong right now. Not only have the Bengals made the playoffs, they are the, the AFC North champions. And a lot of it is definitely due to Jamar Chase as well. Let's go. Let's fast forward to preseason. He was dropping the ball. He was talking about how to, how not having the white laces on on like uh, college football throws him off. A lot of people was talking about so see 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 should have took Pasul should have did this should have that oh he not gonna he not gonna translate he not look man it's preseason you gotta remember too these are rookies guys getting used to the game. I said this about Trevor Lawrence or any quarterback, really, but, you know, obviously, as a Jaguar fan, he's not going to just all of a sudden come in here and take us 11 to 5, throw 30 touchdowns and, you know, uh, five interceptions, have an Aaron Rodgers type of year. He's not going to do that. You have to learn, and it happens. You know, everybody's situation is different, and that's fine. I, I never lost confidence in Jamar Chase for that reason. Did I think he's going to do this? Absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and act like I knew because I didn't. I think he's going – Go for 260 yards against Kansas City? Nope. 
That I think he's going to break the receiving record for a rookie? Nope. I thought he'd be good. But I didn't – not this good right away. But, I mean, hey, then at the same time, look, Justin Jefferson told us anything is possible, who also has the most receiving yards in a two-year span uh, for a guy that just came to the league. But fast forward now to week 17, and you're talking about Joe Burrow possibly in the NFL MVP conversation. You're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North. Hey, hey, shout out to Cincinnati. Shout out. Because they, they did it right. Happy for them. I know a couple of Bengal fans and a couple of LSU fans that are on cloud nine right now. So, But if you ever need to think about Trevor Lawrence, you need weapons. Case in point, I'm jealous. On to probably the biggest story of the <laughs> of week 17 is Antonio Brown. What in the world is going on? Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not taking sides because I feel like as the week goes on, we'll get more information. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what happened. I'm not judging Antonio Brown. I'm not judging Tampa. But both sides are saying different things, it seems to me. It seems to me that both sides are trying – I'm not going to say trying to cover, actually. I won't say that. that. That's not true. But two sides to every story. Bruce Arians said they asked him to go back in the game, and he said no. And – they let him go. Well, leave then. That's that's what pretty much Tampa side. Antonio Brown's side is his ankle wasn't healthy as he wanted it to be, and he didn't want to go out the game for that reason. Okay? Another thing is oh, something, something about Antonio Brown asked Tom Brady about feeding Gronk, um, and then another, he wasn't in the ball much. Then it was about the incentives. It was a lot going on. It's, it's so much in the air about the situation that it's hard to say I know exactly what happened. I know how to judge it. I'm not going to get too deep into it simply because it's so much out there that we don't know. So I'll wait till, you know, till a little later to get to that because I just don't know. Because it, if Antonio Brown said, I'm I'm not feeling it, I'm hurt, and Bruce Arians got upset that he won't go out the game after he told him he was hurt, then I have a problem with that. And Bruce Arians in his press conference pretty much said he's, not a, he's no longer a buck. Next question. Now, if Antonio Brown got upset at Tom Brady for not throwing him the ball and then acted unprofessional, then that's a whole different thing. That's on Antonio Brown. So it's a lot to unpack with this. So um, if indeed Antonio Brown needs help, I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, Ian Rapport was saying that uh, people reached out to him the day before the game. They felt like he wasn't well, he wasn't this, and nothing happened. So hopefully whatever he has going on with him, man, I really honestly hope that he gets the help he needs. But if again, if this is a case of the coach is upset because he wasn't going to game after he told the coach he was hurt, then I can't blame him. He cut him around the sideline. Could he handle it better? Maybe. But it is what it is at this point. You know, everybody's going to handle things the way they, they, they see fit. Some playoff clinching, some playoff scenarios that happened. Let's talk about the NFC first. Green Bay. Clinches the number one seed after went over the Vikings. Did y'all see a stat too? I think it was Aaron Rodgers in the last two years against the NFC North. NFC North, his division has thrown I think it was thirty two touchdowns or thirty six one to two, and zero and zero interceptions. That is absolutely insane, man. 
that man, that man is on another level. But that's that's a crazy stat to even think about. You mean to, in eight game, he had never thrown an interception against not eight games, what six and six games. He's not thrown one pick to them. That's crazy. Not even like a tip ball or anything like that. Because that happens, of course. A drop pass by a receiver falls to the to the defender hands, a batted ball to lot. Nothing. That's crazy. Dallas loses, and now that means the Cardinals win, obviously. So the Cardinals got a chance still to win uh, the NFC West. The Rams seem to be fine their way. They clinched the uh, West with a win ne- uh, next week in Week 18. Philly. Shout out to Phil, my guy. Philly clinches a playoff berth. A lot of people didn't expect that. So now it's the 49ers or the New Orleans Saints with no quarterback. Shout out to Sean Payton. That's, that's a good work. So San Francisco or the New Orleans Saints for the last spot. Tampa obviously clinched their division, so they're they're in. So it's looking like the only the only real is about seeding right now, really. Dallas obviously, obviously clinched their division. We know Green Bay is the one seed, like I just said, but the Rams, Tampa, and the Rams. Uh, not say the Rams. The Rams, Tampa. And Dallas, we got to figure out who's two, three, four. Philly most likely stays at stays at six or seven. So the only intrigue is really seeding as opposed to the 49ers or the Saints get the last spot. This is the only intrigue we got really going on. So interested to see who gets that last spot. Interested to see who ends up going to Dallas. Interested to see who. Philly ends up playing. I know Philly plays Dallas uh, Saturday. But that, that game isn't going to matter for – well, actually, no, it'll matter for both teams. It's, like I said, seeding is a big thing. To the AFC, and this is going to hurt to say this <laughs> as a Jaguar fan. Tennessee clinches the number one seed with a win next week. They also get Der- might get Derrick Henry back, which is scary to think about. Cincinnati, I just mentioned before, won the North. The Colts have to beat us and win. So the Steelers need Jaguars to win. How ironic is that? To get in. I love the Raiders versus the Chargers and the winner is in. Love that. Can't wait to see that game. That's going to be, that's going to be a good game. New England and Buffalo are still fighting for the AFC uh, East. Won't be the wild card. Won't be the uh, division winner. So it's a lot of entry going into this last week, and I think the NFL has done a very good job of that. Just the division games meaning something, and just it always comes down to it's just all it, you know what. Even in Madden, if you <laughs> if you play Madden, there's always there's always entry in the last week of the season. It's always like that. It's 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 crazy weird, but it's always like that. So the NFL obviously Madden is. Especially NFL, it comes down no different in real NFL. Intrigue is always there, so I can't wait to see how this stuff plays out. How these how these games play out? I just I guess I don't know if I root for the Jack to lose or I don't know. It's not a good year to have number one pick, but you know. Um, but I'm very interested to see how this, all this turns out. How the season happens, and we got the you know after the next week we'll have the playoff season. We got that Monday night playoff game, which I'm all for actually. We, you know, you miss Monday night football after a while, after it's not there anymore. So happy for that. So when I come back, we're going to wrap this up. 
talk about what's going with going down next week. And um, I'll be right back. Next time you guys hear from me, hopefully we have more clarity on this Antonio Brown situation. I feel like it's a lot more that needs to be uncovered. And hopefully I can give my thoughts completely on that situation once we figure out what really happened. Also want to bring my guy Ugo on, Dallas Cowboy fan, the resident da Dallas Cowboy fan in here, and get his input on the season his team is having. Obviously, we'll have the playoff matchups by then, so I want to get his input on his season with Dallas Cowboys, see how he feels about his team going into the playoffs. I've been talking to him on Twitter regularly, but no better place to bring him on in the podcast to get him to talk about his Dallas Cowboys. So there's that. Also, I'm hoping, hoping by then, we got some clarifications on this Trent Balky thing and what's going on with that. Obviously, the Jaguars head coaching search is underway. I hope to bring a couple of Jaguar fans on. I think that'd be a real fun conversation, a roundtable, if you will. And we get to talk about what we think about the team, what we, what who we want as coaches, uh, the whole Balky clown out movement, everything. And I already know how it's going to be at the stadium this week, this weekend. And I really, really want to bring some Jaguar fans on. So. Hopefully I get that taken care of too. So that's the goal. That's the plan. Uh, thank you for everybody who's encouraged me to keep doing this. People that have been in my corner, people that have influenced me to keep going. People have given me words of encouragement. It is so appreciated. So until next week, until next time, I should say, thank you for listening. I'm out.